Dividing public opinion. Are they empowering? And setting the rugby agenda. Do not forget where your history South Africa is. The enemy's desire is to try and erase it. Welcome. You're with The Room Dividers. It is the 4th of February 2020 and welcome to the Room Dividers right here on Marawa Sports Worldwide, live on Metro FM 96.4 FM. Now, every now and again, the sporting world gives us unique individuals with unique life-changing stories. You know, something that really touches the core of our hearts and also inspires us to be to be kind of better, eh? to do better. And, and one such story is that of Usolo, Solongweni, a very talented cricketer who headed to Aberdeenshire Cricket Club in Scotland that was last year uh, for his first placement in an overseas cricket setup. And after an excellent start there, Solo actually picked up what he thought was just a, a bit of a virus. And a couple of days later, Solo was placed into an induced coma in July, only to be diagnosed. That's a very difficult name. I've tried the whole day, uh, but I'm sure I'll be helped in a second. I was calling it the Julian Barre syndrome. And if you're wondering what the GBS syndrome is, it's, it's a rare condition affecting the nerves that control our senses and also our movements, uh, kind of your peripheral nerves, including the, uh, the facial nerve. And the disease is essentially, I mean, it, it tricks the nervous system, which results in the immune system attacking its own body, uh, with most damage being done to the nerves. Now, the, the, there's slightly good news. The good news is that uh, Solo is upbeat, uh, pretty determined and, and, and back in the country as we speak. However, needing all the financial muscle to get the best treatment that will ultimately see him back on the pitch doing what he does best and doing what he loves the most. So we joined from the South African Cricketers Association uh, the player service manager, J.P. van Veek, on the line. J.P., thank you so much for your time. Good evening. Good evening, Rob, and thank you for your interest in the Solo and Queenie story. And good evening to your listeners. Yeah, incredible. I mean, I, I saw the video. Uh, I read up on the story. Massively touching story. Firstly, just how how is he doing? Well, funny you should ask, because I actually spoke to him. In fact, uh, I spoke to his uh, aunt and his his, um, mom this morning, and out of the blue, he sent me a voice note. And he seems to be doing well. He's in good spirits. Uh, The doctors are happy with his progress. It's steady, but uh, tends to be slow with this syndrome. But it's good to see the man in good spirits and, um, and doing well. The fact that you're saying that he sent you a voice note, JP, makes it sound like the ability to speak um, is all a lot more improved. Or what have you picked up from that? Yes, it's certainly the case. I think um, you mentioned last year when he came out of the uh, induced coma, 
there was a long period of rehabilitation to try and get him um, functioning, uh, I guess, normally, and that process is ongoing. And it's been good to see that uh, from a, a vocal perspective, there's been tremendous progress uh, to the point where he, he can communicate with uh, those around him, with the support team um, and others. Yeah. I kind of gave an, an overall story with regards to what has happened to him. Um, I mean, I don't even know. And and when I saw the video and it had to do, and it was around the, the Rugby World Cup, and I think everybody was excited. And, and, and why not? If there's something positive and there's something inspirational, JP, uh, like the rugby and how far the Springboks were getting, it, it gets anybody excited as well. But how did we get to this? I mean, were there... What was their stage? Is it something hereditary? Is it something that... What were the doctors saying to you? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I was uh, quite impressed by your pronunciation of the syndrome. It's a bit of a tongue twister. Yeah, it is. You yeah. know, from the, from the little bit that I know as a layperson, um, it was pretty much how you summed it up. Uh, you know, I think... I think my understanding is that there are two types of uh, Guillain-Barre disease, and the one is fairly uh, fast recovering, and the other one is a slow recovery, and it unfortunately seems that Solo has the slow recovery version. Um, but I think the man is of such character and determination, and he's got such a good support system around him. Um, and it's been wonderful to see from someone who's relatively on the outside, just looking in on on the cricket fraternity and the family closing ranks of, around him and, and lifting him up and supporting him. Um, and as you say, we, we uh, short of good um, good news cricketing story, so this is certainly one to latch on to and to celebrate. What worried you, just from the way you and I speak and the way so-called normal people would speak mm. and are generally, as far as the system is concerned, mm. w- when you see Solo and when you try and listen, what for you stands out here, JP? I- I'm just trying to I mean, I, I was able to describe it based on the kind of research that we've been able to do around mm. it. But, but from a, a human perspective, what you are seeing and what you're seeing as being different and, you know, so-called not normal, what were you able to witness from Solo? You know, I think, I think from Solo's perspective, um, and, and hopefully he'll be able to give his own interview uh, sooner rather than sure, later, you know, I think, I think for him, the concern, uh, of course, would at one point or another turn to, you know, what would happen to his professional cricketer, cricketing career. He's only 26 years of age, up and coming, played for SA under 19, and, and broke into the Warriors, set up the franchise system um, recently. But it also puts, I think, life into perspective. And just from the conversations I've had, it quickly turns to, you know, we just want Solo to be better. It puts all of uh, the other life um, issues that you think is important at the time into a proper perspective, uh, you know, and it, it shines a light on what is actually important in this life. And I think that's that was quite evident in the way that Solo's family has dealt with the matter. And I've been, it's, it's been really encouraging and really uh, just nice to see from, from someone looking in. Mm. And, uh... Obviously, at the moment, it's about undertaking that intensive rehabilitation program. Mm-hmm. Um, he he wants to return to cricket. I think you've also just highlighted now in in that brief uh, summary 
the fact that the desire is to be there. Are you getting a sense from the medical professionals, JP, that um, is that something attainable? Is that something reachable? Is that something even practical? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the question on, on everyone's lips at the moment, and it's difficult to tell. He, he is in for about four, to, uh, sorry, six to eight weeks rehab in, in Johannesburg. And it, it really is, at this moment in time, a day-by-day exercise. You know, he he's in good spirits and he's making good progress, but he's only looking, you know, if things go well, he's aiming to start walking again in June. Um, and as far as making a comeback to professional cricket is concerned, you know, he's a, he's a very determined um, guy and he's got a whole lot of support around him and everyone would love to see him back. Um, at the same time, I think it would be unrealistic to... To uh, to see that as a certainty, and uh, you know, making other plans would would probably be the wise thing to do while he tries to make his comeback. And you know, to that end, um, Solo, you know, he actually applied for a bursary through our Player Plus program. So he studied his degree through us, um, and he's also done an internship at Investec. So he. He's one of those good news stories where he doesn't have all his eggs in the cricketing basket, which is what we want to see with our professional players. And so he's got other options outside of cricket, although we would all love to see him back in cricket as as a first prize. Because having gone to Scotland and and being able to play then, you've mentioned as well the the junior national teams, etc. JP, he wouldn't have gotten that far if he wasn't that good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Rob Humphreys, the agent who um, managed to place him overseas, uh, actually was quoted as saying he's been hounding him for four or five years to to make the trip across uh, because he's got that potential and he can make that difference in a team that he plays. And so it was just, uh, I guess that's the sad sad side of things where he finally made it across um, and then picked up this illness. But it has to be said that, Again, Rob did a good job, and he was on a working visa. And between the insurance that we have for him locally and and uh, the NHS on that side, he was very well looked after. And in fact, I, I struggle to think of anything that could have gone better in this timeline in terms of uh, support, medical support specifically being um, provided in a timely fashion. He's he's really had some very good support around it. Yeah. <laughs> And again, if people are joining us a little bit late as far as this conversation is concerned, we're talking about an outstanding athlete, an outstanding cricketer, uh, basically paralyzed, unable to eat, move or breathe on his own initially. Um, I think a lot of people described it as his body becoming his his toughest rival because that it's exactly and essentially uh, what this disease does, uh, tricking the nervous system, uh, which results in that immune system attacking its own body with most of the damage uh, being done to the nerves. And and one of the things that I picked up again, JP, in, in, in trying to read the history of it is that it does not affect the mind clinically. And that is the one area where we would all be freaked out and say, well, if this is happening to the body, then it's going to affect the mind. And once the mind is gone, then, you know, you know exactly what happens. Uh, but that that's proven to be true. Is that right? Well, I, I think that's the case, um, Robert. I think that, that is the silver lining that, you, you know, your your mind seemingly remains unaffected. It's your body, your muscles in particular, I think, that uh, give way. Um, and, and so... From that point of view, there's there's definitely a, a silver lining to recognise. The 
the, the cost of all of this is not only just in terms of the resources. It's, it's, it's a case of it's going to be an, an expensive thing here that has mm-hmm. to be undertaken. How are we looking as far as funding is concerned? Uh, I saw the one estimate was uh, within a range of about 350,000 rand um, initially. That was an estimate minimum mm-hmm. cost. It's not even... Uh, reaching the maximum cost as well. What, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, the, 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 it's a very expensive exercise. It's a very expensive syndrome to treat because it's so intensive and because it's so, um, such a long-term process. Uh, the first phase, uh, I would say, was in the UK where he was diagnosed and admitted and all the testing happened and, and the screenings and and, and that admission process happened. Um, thankfully, he had his international cover in place through, through Momentum Health. And then once that lapsed, the NHS took over. Um, and I think, um, from what I can understand, most of that is, uh, is covered. I think the family's probably still working their way through a pile of papers and, and they can't see, you know, if there's any shortfall. I'm not aware of any. And then the, then it became, you know, once Solo got well enough, it became a case of trying to get him to South Africa because it became untenable also for his family to to go over to provide the support and find accommodation with, with the RAND exchange. It, it's quite a, that just adds to your cost. And so that's when Rob Humphreys, um, his agent, set up a GoFundMe page to try and raise funds for his trip home. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll appreciate that a medical evacuation um, is, is a very expensive exercise. I think on the exchange rate at the time, we were looking at one and a half million rand. And through the process of the GoFundMe page, 74 people came forward and put in tipped in about, um, I think it was just over 3,000 pounds of the 87,000 pounds needed. And then uh, an anonymous benefactor came forward and approached the family directly and, and tipped in the rest. And so the next thing we knew, we, we, we were about 84,000 pounds short, and uh, a couple of days later we had all of it. Oh, wow. And, and Solo was able to come home. So that was the first phase, and then, of course, uh, some of the real work starts now in terms of the rehab cost. And he's in a rehab, good, very good rehab facility in Joburg, uh, and it looks like he'll be there for six to eight weeks. And as you say, I mean, the, the range there on the rehab costs alone is probably in the region of four hundred to 550,000 rand for six to eight weeks. And mm. the, the cricket fraternity is actually, um, there are a couple of, plans afoot, a couple of plans in the pipeline uh, in terms of fundraising and some of those will be made known in the public in the coming days but if anyone would like to contribute of course they they can uh, contact uh, SACA um, and then we can set that up. Okay, give us details uh, very quickly. Sorry, I just looked at the time. I've been so engrossed in the conversation. Um, what's, what's the best route that people can assist? I think they can either go on the GoFundMe page under Solo and Queenie. Uh, there are two GoFundMe pages. Please look at the one that uh, specifies the rehab um, cost. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, they can call SACA's head office in Cape Town on 021-462-0438 and just speak to me. All right. I'm going to ask you to give me that number again so that I can repeat it later on. You said it's 021? 462. 462. 
0614-104-438. Okay, fantastic. I'll, I'll keep that um, as well, just uh, in case anybody wants to uh, do a further call on that. And I really, really, let's keep in touch, please, JP. Um, we've got a fantastic sporting, loving community here. Um, and anybody at any time who's been able to assist uh, has been able to come through. And, uh, we, you know, we do the best we can uh, to try and do that. I think, uh, you know, this is a, a lad who has a, a, a wonderful future, uh, both as far as cricket is concerned and society generally. And, uh, you know, you don't ask for these. They, they come to you. And GBS has come to him, and it's up to us to help him fight it off. Absolutely. He's an inspirational young man, and I look forward to seeing him on the field uh, sooner rather than later. And obviously, when he is able to chat, like you say, he, he might even be able to talk us through, you know, exactly what it is uh, that he's had to endure. Uh, but thank you so much, man, JP, and thanks for being there for him. Uh, you know, hopefully the nation will be able to be there for him as well as we see him through the, the worst of it. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it. 100%. Thank you so much there. Uh, okay. JP van Veek there, the player service manager uh, for the South African Cricketers Association, otherwise known as SACA. And yeah, he's given us all the details. Speedy recovery. Young man, solo. Stay strong.